You're listening to the Growing Up Rock Podcast with your hosts, Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Pooney. Sonny, how's your week going, buddy? I'm sitting in sunny New Jersey. And yes, I said sunny New Jersey. It is 91 degrees here today. Dude, that's crazy. It's 80 here in the south. (laughs) Yeah, the weather in the east coast, I mean, if you think about it, it seemed like the winter never ended. And all of a sudden summer came like it's it's been a little weird up here. Yeah, no doubt. So we're going to try something a little bit different this week. We are not changing the format of the show. Let me just say that right up front. It's just uh, we like to experiment once in a while and uh, have a good time. And since Sonny and I are prepping for the upcoming Kiss Expo in Indianapolis, and by the time you guys hear this show, that expo will be over and we will be on our way home. However, we got a lot to do. So We just wanted to kind of talk a little bit about life, love, and rock and roll. And so I had the opportunity to do a whole bunch of concerts this week, and I secured tickets for a whole bunch of summer concerts coming up this week. And we will get into all of that kind of stuff in just a little bit. But before we do that... Everyone's got a rock and roll story to tell, and we want to hear yours. So go to our website at growinguprock.com. That's one word, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K.com. Or visit us on our Facebook page at Growing Up Rock and tell us all about it. Everyone's got a rock and roll story to tell, just like Samantha said. Sonny, I love to start out these episodes with a brand new review and i'm super super psyched everybody knows that there is no crying in baseball there's also no crying in podcast and as long as people keep those five star reviews coming either at our facebook page or our itunes page we are good to go you know what i'm saying brother i totally understand it wasn't a good review It was a good review. It was five stars, just the way we like them. And it goes a little something like this. It says, totally awesome rock talk with not one, but two exclamation points, my friend. Yeah. And that's by J33P. Do you know J3P? (laughs) No, I do not know. (laughs) I don't know Jay. No, me neither. Uh, We probably know him, just not under that assumed to name but anyway so i just found this show a couple of weeks ago and they had me hooked from the first episode when steve played what's next to the moon my all-time favorite acdc song binging the show now and i am about 12 episodes in love the interviews and the stories keep it up guys awesome So this guy's referencing the very first episode when I uh, pulled something out of my pocket. A little bit of ACDC, What's Next to the Moon, killer song. That's cool. I'm glad I connected with this guy in that way. It's awesome. You know, we put some stuff up on Facebook and Twitter all the time, and we got an interesting comment that I wanted to read. It's from a guy named Encanto Montoya. I'm assuming he's a young guy because of the way this comment is written. Awesome interview, and he was talking about Steve Stevens' interview. 
I greatly envy the experiences with music you all have had. The passion and the stories are amazing. The one thing I hope to experience is one day going to a rock concert dressed in leather and crazy hair and rocking out till I'm hoarse, creating my own memories. So I'm assuming Encanto's a young guy. So if you're listening, time will come. You just got to buy a ticket and go. That's right. Just keep it alive. That's what we're trying to do. It's still out there to be had. You just got to go seek it out, man. Don't worry. What anyone thinks is cool currently, create your own thing, man. If you dig it, go check it out. Yeah. All right. So let's do Grown Ups of the Week. Alan Tate. Well, first of all, let me say well, I said Alan Tate already. Thank you, Alan, for sharing. But uh, before I go further, these were the folks that shared us on Facebook. They retweeted us. And I'm telling you, we got a bunch of newbies with the Steve Stevens. When we shared it on Twitter and kind of tied Billy Idol in, we got a lot of traffic on that. So these are all the folks who shared. So Decibel Geek, David Cathy, Amanda Briggs, SK Cotton, which is a Twitter handle, NinzyZ28, Zowie 68 Dawn, Carla Punk Girl, Ann Schindler, Sister Moon, Circuit Girl, Melodic Dirt, Christy Stubbs, The Cyber Rebels, Rebel Vision, Michael Brunch, Sheila, Antonella 70, Charlie D, Jack Lausch, Metal Empire Mag, Joker 43X, Steve Wright, Daryl Alber, Classic Rock Drop Podcast. Ladio, Tom Dust, Jason Kearney, Padrino, Scott Delaney, Queen Sheena, Save Rock and Metal, Bill Algy, Kristen Kivo, Janet Eck, 6999 Kit, Jay Sabluski, Nighthawk, Bella Lowe's 1966, Podcast Rock City, Jim Brown, Rick Frio, Gian Franco, Mark Winder 8, Ogata, Shawana Lee, Digital Killed, Easy MT Radio Podcast, DNR Studio CEO, who has three different Twitter handles and shared us in all three, Talking Metal, and then Billy Idol, he has a verified account, and he retweeted us. And then I sent him a message saying, hey, we would love to have you on the podcast. He hasn't answered back yet. <laughs> Radio silence. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Yeah, very, very, very cool. I mean, it was a great interview. I think it came out really great, and it was fun to do as well, so... That's pretty cool. Dig it. Thank you, everybody, for retweeting. Thank you, everybody, for sharing. We appreciate each and every one of you guys. We are still new and still growing, so we're just trying to keep doing what we do and keep growing the podcast and growing the masses. So hopefully one day we can be as big as some of those guys that are out there doing it for a long time. That's what we strive to do. Because we love talking rock and roll, and we love that you guys are digging it and digging the music we're playing and turning people on to new stuff and hopefully making people reconnect with some of the old stuff. That's the goal of this podcast, for sure. It's time for the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight. This week in the listening room, where well, this is what we used to call the Crank It Up Spotlight, and we said, you know what? The podcast is all about growing up rock. And back in the day when I was growing up and going to the record stores, we had the listening rooms. 
I don't know if there's anybody out there that remembers what the listening rooms are. They had listening rooms and then they went to listening stations. And you could listen to records and see whether you dug it or not. Sonny, do you remember having any of this stuff? Uh, yeah, I don't remember them being rooms, but maybe California only had booths. But I remember there being booths with the headphones there. To nowadays, if there was headphones there, people would freak out. That's all kinds of germs and they'd be wiping them down and all that. <laughs> I remember just using them no matter what they felt like. Yeah. And when I say rooms, they were basically booths. I mean, that's kind of what they were. They were little tiny single person type rooms at first and then they went to just the listening stations remember the listening stations oh yeah 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 yeah. so i thought in going along with the theme of the show that we would change the crank it up spotlight to this week in the listening room and so this week in the listening room i want to talk about a new band that sadly i missed live but got a review from some of the people that I ran into. And I want to share that with people because I thought it was pretty cool. I thought it was kind of interesting. I kind of liked the song, but I went to the Texas Hippie Coalition concert the other night. This was one of a few shows that I went to this week. I was busy this week. I was out late on a school night for sure. Uh, and it was a four band bill. So it was this band called Granny Four Barrel, <laughs> this band called Brand of Jewels, and then it was Cobra and the Lotus and Texas Hippie Coalition. That was the four band bill, the Year of the Bull tour from Texas Hippie Coalition. Of course, we did an interview with Big Dad Rich. A couple of weeks ago and they're a new band that I kind of discovered and I really liked them but anyway I showed up a little bit late to this show because I really didn't care about seeing the opening acts other than I wanted to see Cobra and the Lotus and obviously I want to see THC so I showed up a little bit late I showed up midway through the brand of jewels set and they were okay I mean, I didn't love them. I didn't hate them. They were just kind of there, just straight ahead, rock and metal kind of band. There was nothing really special, in my opinion, about them. But then in between the set change, I started talking to these guys and was just kind of hanging out. And I saw this guy walking around the audience that looked like an old grandmother. And I was like, what the fuck? What's up with this? And, uh, and, and I said something to one of the guys and he goes, oh yeah, he goes, that's granny. And I'm like, and granny is who? And he's like, well, they were, they were part of the opening at granny four barrel. And I'm like, okay, never heard of this band in my life. Don't know the first thing about them. What the hell's the deal? And so the guy started explaining it to me. Uh, and I was like, well, that, that sounds pretty damn cool. And then he whipped out his phone and he started showing me a video and I was like, man, that's pretty freaking cool. What's up with that? So I was pissed. I showed up late, of course, and missed it. But anyway, so I came home and I Googled it and I looked at some of the videos, looked at some of the live videos and I kind of like it. I think it's kind of interesting. They sound a little bit like, um, Rob Zombie to me. Maybe a little bit better, cleaner vocals, not quite as growly as Rob is, but 
sort of that way. And they have like a violin player in the band, a guitar player that dresses up as a butcher, and then the front man dresses up as a grandma. So <laughs> there you go. But hey, if you get a chance, go check it out. The video is out there. This is a song from a band called Granny Four Barrel. That's the number four. Sonny, that's probably your part where you say, I say granny and four barrel, and you say that's the number that's four. That's the number four? Yeah, yeah. probably. <laughs> so anyway, this is granny four barrel, and this is a song called Freak Flag. If you haven't had a chance to listen to the song, just go check out the video on YouTube. There's a video called She Likes Guns also, <laughs> and uh, they're both great videos. And uh, the interesting part is the Freak Flag video shows you a new way to roast marshmallows, which is pretty good. I might try that. Um, 
But uh, you're right. It's got his Rob Zombie feel. And it also has an in this moment feel. So there's a band out there. I don't know if you've ever seen them live. They're called In This Moment with Maria Brink. And they're kind of like the female version of Rob Zombie, but a little more gore, if that makes sense, a little bloody than horror. And these guys uh, have both of those sounds. But it's just it's a very modern sound. That's bas- It's modern, like industrial music. It's weird. It's weird they don't have a bass player. That's really weird. Yeah, and if you listen to it with headphones, like I don't know if you can hear it when you listen to it through a PC or just on the stereo, but when you listen to it through headphones, you can kind of really hear the violin a little bit more so than I could just hearing it out in the open. But I found it to be pretty interesting. And I mean, it rocks. It's cool. I'm yeah. down with it. If you're a fan, check it out. It is really cool. And the, the violin part is cool, too. It's just weird. It's a treble instrument. So there's really no low end. Yeah. Let us know what you think of it. Let us know if you already heard of this band or if we're turning you on to something new and you hate it or you like it. I'm interested to know. So, Sonny, we're going to get into this week's topic, which really is no topic at all, Sonny. This is basically us just hanging out on a what is a um, Thursday night at this point. And by the time you hear this episode, like I said, this will be probably two or three weeks down the road and we'll have all kinds of new stuff going on. But for this episode, we just want it to kind of sit around, play a little bit of rock and roll, no particular theme. I went to a bunch of concerts this week. You already heard about the Texas Hippie Coalition show. I also went and saw Billy Idol, which I'll talk about a little bit. And I bought some tickets to some upcoming concerts. How about you, Sonny? What's going on in your neck of the woods, man? You seeing any concerts? You got any concerts coming up on your end? Yeah, the only thing I've seen so far is Y&T. And part of the thing is I travel so much now, especially with, you know, going back and forth to see my family. But Summerfest is coming up. So uh, Greta Van Fleet's going to be at Summerfest. Uh, Rick Springfield. Uh, I haven't seen Rick Springfield in a long time, so I'm really very interested in that. Buck Cherry's going to be there. I don't know who's all going to be in Buck Cherry when they're there, but they're there. Yeah. Lynch Mob. I don't know if that's Robert Mason singing lead or is that somebody else? Great White's supposed to be there. So I'm very interested in Summerfest. There's a lot of other bands there, but those are the, probably the five that I'm interested in seeing at Summerfest. And then uh, Ace is coming to the local casino, I think, at the end of May. So it's like right before Labor Day. So uh, I might go check out Ace. Dude, aren't you going to get your Ace fill <laughs> in a week? Yeah, but you don't get full. You won't get full Ace there. That's the problem. Like you'll get Ace with Fraley's comment a little bit. I'm sure we'll see Ace with Bruce and Bob and those guys. But we won't get a full Ace show. And a full Ace show is completely different. We'll see what we get. I think it's a. I think it's a gamble. We don't have any clue what we're going to get. So. Well, Greta Van Fleet, you should enjoy them. They're pretty good live, I must admit. And I saw them early on, so I bet they've gotten a lot better the more shows that they've played. I keep having this conversation. It keeps coming up. I see it coming up in the press. Our friend over there at Kiss FAQ, Julian Gill, just posted something uh, recently. And everybody seems to have an opinion these days on Greta Van Fleet. And... I'll make this real simple. Here's here's my opinion. Love them or hate them, okay? They're good for rock and roll. They're healthy for rock and roll. I mean, that's the bottom line. They're a young band, writes rock and roll songs, 
and gets out there and plays it live. And so whether they sound like Zeppelin or whether they sound like Van Halen or whether they sound like Rat or whether they sound like Motley Crue, I really don't give a shit. Do you like the music or don't you like the music? If you don't like them because they sound like Zeppelin, then that's your hang up. If you weren't a Zeppelin fan and didn't like Zeppelin to begin with, then I get it. You don't like them because they sound like Zeppelin. I get it. And if you didn't like Zeppelin, I get that. But hating a band, hating a young band because they sound like somebody is kind of stupid, in my opinion. What's your take on it, Sonny? Zeppelin, first of all, no longer exists. And second, if they did, they wouldn't sound like Zeppelin. So I really don't care. I would much rather have somebody come save the music. It's very interesting that hardcore KISS fans don't have a problem with Classic 78. All you're hearing is positive things about Classic 78, and they dead on sound like 70s KISS, and everybody seems happy. Yeah, you think it's the fact that Classic 78 comes out and says, we're trying to sound like KISS in 78. This is what we want to sound like. This is what we're trying to do, and Greta Van Fleet is trying to... And they're not really... I've never heard them say in the press that we don't sound like Zeppelin. I've never heard them say in the press that they weren't influenced by Zeppelin. I've heard them say that they were influenced by a lot of the artist blues artists that Zeppelin was influenced by, which I completely buy. Why is that so hard to believe that they can be influenced by the same bands that Zeppelin was influenced by? So I don't find that hard to believe. I think that they've said every time I've read an article with them, And even when I talked to Sam, the bass player, way back on episode two of the Grown Up Rock podcast, I think he said, yeah, we, you know, we listened to Zeppelin too. So we were influenced by Zeppelin. We were influenced by the Beatles. We were influenced by Muddy Waters. We were influenced by Robert Johnson. We were influenced by all these cats. So I just don't get what people's hang up is. You know, it's not like... Highway tune sounds like communication breakdown. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's not like they're directly ripping off a tune. So that's what I don't really get. Yeah, I don't got a problem with it. I think that's why I want to see them live. I think you're right, though. If they would just come out and say, yes, we're Zeppelin fans. And if that happens to be what we sound like, shit, we could do worse. Yeah. Right. If they said something like that, it would shut everybody up. Just like. When Mark Torian said at once, yeah, we're the evil Van Halen. Shut everybody up Uh, when everybody was saying they're going to be Van Halen. So what? If you're a rock and roll fan, then you should be on board with this and anybody else that comes out that's real, uh, you know, if you like the music. I'm not saying you should like something you just don't like. I mean, there's plenty of rock and roll out there right now that I just don't get or don't dig that's popular. I mean, that's really popular. There are some bands out there that are hugely popular right now that people love. And it's just not in my wheelhouse. I don't like it for one reason or another. Hell, some of the things I don't like, I can't even really tell you why I don't like it. (laughs) It just doesn't, (laughs) you know, it just doesn't sound great to me. Did you see that the Dead Daisies announced they're going to do American tour with Dizzy, Reeds, Hookers, and Blow? That means Todd Kern's going to be out there, too. I did not see that. Where did you see that at? It was on Twitter. Yeah, it was on Twitter yesterday. Awesome. I'm excited. 
And it's like, I'm going to ballpark it at 24, 26 dates. Great band live, man. Talking about the Dead Daisies. I haven't seen Hookers and Blow, but uh, I love that name. I do love that name. That's a great <laughs> name. That is a great uh, rock and roll name. Closest they're getting to me, I think, is Joliet, Illinois, because they're not even coming to Northern California. I'm going to have to catch them on the road somewhere. Uh, Joliet's pretty close to you. Two hours. Yeah. yeah, that's not bad. Play us a song, Sonny. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I've been listening to a bunch of uh, old stuff. I'm always listening to old stuff, especially when uh, when I haven't heard it in a while. So uh, let's check out this song called 21 Guns, and we'll talk about it when we come back.
So Nordic Union is a new band to me. I saw they made a couple of people's top tens a couple of years ago, and so they've been around for a little while, I think, but I really don't know a ton of stuff about them. They're not really in my wheelhouse. This song's all right, though. Yeah, so uh, the album came out January 2016. So what's that, two and a half years ago? Uh, they're a Frontiers record super duo put together by Serafino, and it's Eric Martinson from Eclipse. And Ronnie Atkins from Pretty Maids. So it's Pretty Maids and Eclipse kind of put together. And Ronnie Atkins is doing the vocals and Eric's doing basically everything else except for uh, the drums, including all the production. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, the whole album is very catchy, melodic rock, very much like Eclipse or Wet or some of the other stuff that uh, Martinson's done, which is a ton of stuff. I think Eric Martin just basically picks up the phone anytime Serafino calls, basically is what he's doing. And, uh, you know, everybody's talking about how many bands George Lynch is in or Mike Portnoy's in. My guess is Eric Martinson is about the same amount of bands. Dude, that's the makeup <laughs> of today anyway. That's how musicians make their living. They play in 20 different bands. They need yeah. to play in 20 different bands to keep money in their uh, account and keep a roof over their head. That's the way it goes. And so I don't have a problem with that shit anymore. There are some bands that come out and put records out that I wish I would be able to see live. But other than that, I don't have a problem with it. And here's the big news, Sonny. This is like the biggest news. So I told you, I went and saw a bunch of concerts this week. That's one thing. But then I also bought some summer concert tickets. Judas Priest and Deep Purple announced their tour this, uh, this past week. And so I went out promptly and purchased tickets for that because they're playing an amphitheater here in town that I actually work at, but I chose not to work that night because I want it to go to the show instead. And that's such a great double bill. You know, I've never seen Deep Purple live. Uh, yeah, but you wouldn't have had a lot of chances if you think about it. I mean, they were gone for a while. They came back. I don't think they toured the States for a while. And they've had so many incarnations. I'm not sure how many chances you had any. Yeah, I think many more chances as of late because, I mean, ever since Steve Morse has been in the band, it seems like they've toured a lot more. uh, And he's been in the band for a while now. But, you know, I'm excited to be able to finally see them, even though it's, you know, just basically Glover and Ian Gillian and Pace, I guess, is still in the band as well. But they got Don Airy on keyboards now, so he's a good replacement for John Lord, I think. The other piece for me, I'm not a huge Deep Purple fanatic, yeah, uh, but I like the Glenn Who's David Coverdale Deep Purple. Yeah, me too. I mean, I do too, but there's a yeah. lot of Deep Purple that I like other than that stuff. I'm not a huge, I I wouldn't classify myself as a huge purple fan, but I definitely like Deep Purple. And I'll tell you, an underrated record that I went and put in my Apple music list that I listened to the other day on a run that's not a bad record is that Slaves and Masters Deep Purple record with Joe Lynn Turner singing. Have you heard of that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, I love Joe Lynn Turner. That's a good record. I probably have everything. That record's actually pretty good. It's pretty underrated. I don't think Deep Purple fans think that highly of that record. From what I read, it didn't do that well, and people really didn't buy into it. But I think it's a really pretty good, solid rock record. 
So I'm excited to see that. I'm excited, obviously, to see The Priest. And that's the only two bands that are listed. So I don't know if they'll add a third band to that bill or not. They don't really need to. I hope both of those bands play at least an hour and a half. I would be okay with that. Hey, dude, there was a monk that just came walking through my neighborhood. (laughs) A monk? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was weird. I don't know. (laughs) I got the shades (laughs) open my my, uh, window and uh, yeah, looked like a monk. Looked like a kung fu monk at that. Nice. Like a, you know, like a Shaolin kind of warrior monk dude. That's interesting. Okay. Well, the things you see while you're talking on a microphone on a podcast, what do you know? (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, so I purchased those tickets, which I might add with concerts, crazy, ridiculous pricing the way it is today. Guess what I paid for those tickets, dude? I am going to ballpark it at 175. So here's the great thing about summer tours and amphitheaters in particular. If you're, depending on where it is, because every place I think is a little bit different, but we have a really nice amphitheater here in Atlanta. We got several amphitheaters. This one in particular is one of the newer ones, although I think at this point it's, I think 2000, I'm trying to remember what the first year was. I want to say 2010, something like that. It's It's been open for several years now at this point, but it's still nice. It's kept really well. It's one of the top amphitheaters in the country when it comes to ratings for Live Nation. And I work part-time at this theater. I do a lot of concerts there at this amphitheater. But if you go on Groupon and you look up certain bands, they have tickets on Groupon where you can buy like lawn seats or the back section of the amphitheater where the covering stops you know where i'm talking about kind of in an amphitheater in the shed it has the roof and it stops at some point right and you got those seats towards the back right but they're still pretty good seats i bought two lawn seats for 40 bucks and two seats under the cover in seating for 30 bucks a piece with no service charge Wow. For that concert. Pretty good, huh? Yeah. So 40 bucks for two lawn seats with no service charges, like two bucks tax and 60 bucks for two uh, covered seats. So that should be a fucking great show. I'm really cool about that price tag. And I did the same exact thing for White Snake Foreigner and Jason Bonham. We paid 40 bucks on Groupon for two lawn seats. Yeah, I, I guess. This is interesting because I'm checking it at Mountain View Amphitheater, uh, which is uh, the shoreline in Mountain View, California, which I've seen a lot of shows there. Yeah. $20 for lawn seats. Yeah, man. For the same show. That's freaking deal, man. If you can deal, and and I can deal with sitting out in the lawn, especially if it's a nice day. You know, if it's if it's shitty weather, it's a gamble. You never know. If it's shitty weather, it's shitty weather, and that sucks because the show happens regardless. But if you get a nice night, we take, uh, because they'll let you bring your, your low-sitting lawn chairs in. So yeah. if it's a nice night, we bring our lawn chairs. We do a little drinking in the parking lot beforehand, just like tailgate. You know, we'll pack a picnic. We'll bust that out. And then we go into the show. And it's and it's freaking great, man. I mean, for 20 bucks a pop to see Foreigner 
White Snake and Bonham, and then twenty bucks a pop to see Judas Priest and Deep Purple. How can you lose? How how is that a bad thing? That isn't. That's uh, I'm surprised because some of the other concerts that I've uh, seen tickets for have been outrageous, crazy, right? And here's the other thing that's really cool is that the amphitheater. It's not huge. Like, I mean, it's it's an amphitheater, but it's I think capacity is like ten five, maybe eleven, somewhere in and around there, maybe twelve tops, twelve thousand people, you know, I think probably like five thousand to six thousand underneath in the seats and then another five or six out on the lawn. So Wow. Yeah, that's uh that's decent. Yeah. See, so like Metallica on a Tuesday. The cheapest ticket, 75 bucks. Yeah, man. I can't do it. I can't fucking do it, man. I just can't do it. And here's the other thing that really pissed me off really bad is I went and I was thinking about going to see Sticks, Tesla, and Joan Jett. And so Groupon didn't have the $20 lawn seats for this. So I went into Ticketmaster. And Ticketmaster had lawn seats that were 20 or 30 bucks, okay? I think they were 20 I think you could get a $20 lawn seat. Maybe it was 25. I don't know. So that's fair, right? Here's the thing with Ticketmaster. So it was $20, $25 a ticket. Let's just say for sake, it's $25 for ticket. It was 13 freaking dollars for service charges and fees. So literally after it was all said and done, you were almost paying 40 bucks a ticket, double the price per ticket. To sit on the lawn because of the fees and shit. Dude, that's highway robbery. I can't do it just on principle alone. I won't do it. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I mean, that's bullshit. When when your fees are literally double the price of your ticket or making your ticket price almost double, that's nuts. How is that fair? That yeah. sucks ass. Anyway. Metallica tickets at that Target Center in Minneapolis on that Tuesday. Yeah. $142 a seat, and then the convenience fee plus the facility fee is another 22 bucks a piece. Yeah. So it's 10% of the ticket. But that same concert on Sunday night sold out in Madison, Wisconsin, 17,000 seats. Crazy. Dude, I'm going to play some rock and roll.
So that's an oldie but a goodie. That is Black Shuck by The Darkness. And that song kicks ass. And I went and saw The Darkness on Saturday night here in Atlanta. And it was killer. I wrote a review on the show. You can go to growinguprock.com and check out the review. Posted some really cool pictures taken by this photographer, Emily Butler, who was there, who I met. Um, And she shot some really, really cool pictures and captured some really cool pictures on the growinguprock.com website under reviews check out the darkness review dude that show was really really good and i had my choice of three different shows that night so i could have gone and seen the foo fighters and the struts in a stadium but it was in a stadium i could have gone and seen um and this is off the rock and roll genre but um there's a trio sister act called hyam that I kind of like, they're kind of cool, but they were playing a theater here in town that same Saturday night. And I could have gone to that show as well. Uh, but out of that and the Foo Fighters and the darkness show, I figured the darkness was going to be the rarest opportunity for me because the darkness really doesn't tour the States a whole lot. It's not worth it to them to come over here from Europe and tour the States. They're not big enough. Uh, So they don't make a ton of money, but they've been here for about two months now with a run of dates supporting Pinewood Smile. And I'm telling you, dude, they were really, really fun to see live. They're fun. I mean, they're just a fun rock and roll band. You know, not like it's not they don't go over the top. So it's not like Steel Panther and kind of this whole mockery of metal, which I find that amusing too, but that's completely different with The Darkness. The Darkness is a good solid rock band with catchy tunes, but the front man could be a stand-up comedian. His, <laughs> his interaction with the crowd just made me laugh. He is completely hilarious in his uh, stage banter. So I really, really dug that uh, that show. Yeah, I've never seen them live. They're weird on tape. That that song, Black Shuck. You know, they sound very ACDC to me. They're they're a little funky. They probably would be fun watching live. I, I probably want to go see them. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely a band that took time for me to get into because I didn't accept them right away because the tiny Tim falsetto thing threw me off a little bit here and there. But if you listen to their music, they have some really solid tunes and I don't think, I mean, judging they've got some music that's interesting, but uh, they're just more of a straight ahead band and live. That's all they were. I mean, live, it was just like, no ballads, just straight ahead rock and roll and played their instruments well and sounded great, sounded spot on. I mean, uh, they sounded really, really good. So ran into Kevin Williams there. Hung oh, out, yeah. Hung out with Kevin a little bit. He's a big Darkness fan. He's a good dude. Yeah, he is a good dude. It's funny because me and Jennifer run into him. That's like the second show, and it's not like we go to a ton of shows, but that's the second show we've run into Kevin um, here in Atlanta because obviously we live here. But So, yeah, he's a good dude. Enjoyed that. It's always fun to hang out with people that you know a little bit. 
Now, did you see this uh, dude metal sludge? What are they? <sighs> Sometimes they are. Uh, they put out some interesting things. So earlier this week, they put out something that uh, Paul Stanley was going to do the Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp, and they put the former Kiss shredder Tommy Thayer. Yeah, which was it. a complete mistake, yeah. right? And now, about an hour ago, they put up new rats. Industry source says rat will have new guitar players, TBA soon enough, and tour dates. So basically, okay, you're confirming that they're going to have two new players. Everybody has, I guess, already talked about Martini and Cavazzo are gone. They obviously have to get two players if they're going to keep touring. So it's kind of stupid news, right? This is the first I'm hearing that Carlos Cavazzo is out because I never heard that he was out. I heard that I heard that Warren was out. That was the big uh, headline was that Warren was out of rat, which to me is just crazy because he's been the one guy that's been there in all all forms of rat. I mean, he's the one guy that's been there from the beginning, I think. So him being out of rat is just kind of stupid. I don't know. I love Rat. I I mean, there's Rat is one of those for sure growing up rock bands with me, but that band is freaking fucked up. <laughs> I mean, that <laughs> that band is really really dysfunctional. Yeah, and uh, you know what I had heard was Warren was gone, and then Cavazzo said something like, "Well, I'm not going to play if Warren's not there uh, because if I'm Cavazzo, I'm probably looking at." you want me to be Warren? Like, I'll get lynched out there. I'm not going to be Warren. Right? So, I don't know. So, who knows who they end up with. But uh, something else that they Metal Sludge released a couple hours ago, Redestruction, Guns N' Roses to release, locked and loaded, four CD set, seven LP set, features 73 songs with 49 of them being unreleased. So, I guess they got their own box set. Cool, I guess. I would settle for just maybe two or three new tunes from the current lineup. Yeah, but then that would only cost 20 bucks. They need to charge you 500. You know, who knows how much this thing's going to be? <laughs> Whatever. There's all <laughs> kinds of crazy stuff. I saw that I saw that LA Guns replaced that guy, that one guitar player with Johnny Monaco. Wasn't Johnny Monaco and Enough's Enough at one point in time? I think so. He's one of those well-traveled guys, I think. Yeah. Okay, so let me let me ask you this. This is a little bit aside from the from the whole uh, rock and roll theme, but I'm watching the news the other day, and I see this report where they're talking about this little girl. Uh, you know, I don't know, five years old, six years old, seven years old, seven year old little girl comes home from school. And she's sad. So the mother asked her, you know, why are you sad? What happened? And the school calls the mother and basically says, hey, your kid got in trouble because she used the term best friend. And we asked her not to use that term best friend anymore because it makes the other kids feel excluded when she was describing her best friend as her best friend. I mean, are we seriously that freaking sensitive now in society that we're going to scold a seven-year-old little girl because she used the term best friend? You got to be shitting me, man. Yeah, I hadn't heard that, but that's pretty sad. I mean, 
oh my gosh, what is going on with society? I mean, it's like there's so much, I don't know. I'm not going to go off on a tangent on this because, you know, I like to keep politics out of it and everything, but it just drives me crazy when I see stuff like that. But that kind of stuff just drives me crazy, really, because you can't use the term anymore best friend because it hurts somebody else's feelings. You got to be kidding me, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm lucky. I, you know, I, first of all, I have great kids and uh, they're in a great school and they're treated well. And that's one of the reasons I didn't, the kids didn't want to move and they were in good schools, right? And it's hard to find good teachers that know your kids that have seen them grow up over time. So uh, we were happy to just let them finish school rather than finish. Yeah, I hear you. Dude, why don't you play us some rock and roll? All right. So uh, let's try this classic one by Kicks.
Yeah, baby. Love me some kicks. Love a Holic. <laughs> I forgot about this song. It's actually my favorite song off that album, Hotwire in 91. Yeah. Um, but it was interesting. So I was kind of, you know, I was listening to a song the other day and I'm like, oh, it's a catchy tune. And Kicks has a lot of catchy tunes. And like, you know, Steve Whiteman has a good songwriting style. So I go to check, does he have help? Has he ever had Desmond Child or Ron Nevison or Holly Knight or one of these guys helping him out? Come to find out Steve Whiteman doesn't write any of the songs. Dude, it's the bassist. His name is per his last name is Purnell. Yeah. He writes all the songs. He he did a lot of the writing. He did Yeah, he, I had no idea. Yeah, he Donnie uh Purnell did a lot of the writing for Kicks early on. Yeah. And Taylor Rhodes helps him a lot. And Taylor Rhodes was the guy who wrote co-wrote Crying for Aerosmith, and yeah. he's produced a bunch of bands too. But uh, Steve Whiteman almost writes zero of the songs. Yeah. He only has like maybe five co-writes. Yeah. I was so surprised. I do love kicks. Yeah, so are you a fan of Ghost at all? How do you feel about that band? All right, so let me tell you my ghost story. I got ghost story, yo. Um, <laughs> so, it's not even Halloween, yo. Yeah, yeah, I got a ghost story. So I, I didn't know anything about him until about uh, probably about two or three years ago. And then somebody told me about him, go check out a video. So I go check out a video, and I wasn't really listening to the song. I was just kind of in awe of what they were putting out on stage. So I'm like, oh, that's, you know, they're kind of doing this mysterious kiss thing. It's kind of taken to the next level. I love the costumes. It's kind of cool. They're nameless ghouls. So I liked all that. So then, you know how YouTube will go to the next song if you don't cancel? You know how it does that sometimes? Yeah. So it goes to the next song, and the next song is called Square Hammer. So for some reason, now I decide to listen because I've already seen it with my eyes. Now I want to kind of listen to the music. And I love that song. It is so catchy. It is ridiculous. So being the person that I am, I hear that one song and bought all the ghost albums. Right? <laughs> that that was a mistake, wasn't it? Oh, my God. I did not find two other songs I liked <laughs> off of all the albums put together because they just they are all over the place. Yeah, so I I must say that for a while I've heard a lot about Ghost. There's obviously there's a lot of people that love that band. Uh, I saw part of them in concert, and I wanted to check out more. I didn't see the full show, but I wanted to check out a little bit more. And you know, I just started kind of looking into the band because I was interested in them. And I heard Square Hammer, I like Square Hammer. There's a handful of other tunes that I kind of like. I watched some of the live videos because I want to see what they were all about. And there's some tunes that I like and others that the majority of it I just don't like. They put too much keyboards and organ and shit in too many of their songs, so I don't really dig it. Uh, but those just more straight-ahead stuff I really like. So they just released this new single from the upcoming record that they're going to be releasing. They released the single Rats. And I really like this tune. Like, I, that's a straight-ahead rocker. I dig the song. 
And so I went, <laughs> I went cause I wanted to talk about this song a little bit and I'm not gonna, I'm actually not going to play it cause I, I was thinking maybe I would, but I decided now nah, I'm not going to play it. But I went to check out this video to see what the video is all about. And I, li- I literally started laughing my ass off. So, so basically, have you seen this video? Did you go see this video when I put it on there? Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> so this Papa Emeritus or whatever his name is, Papa the Pope guy. Uh, so for the first time, it, it, he actually is showing his face kind of. He's got a little bit of makeup on, but he's not he's not painted up like he, he was in the previous albums and stuff like that. So he's showing his face a little bit, but he is literally pulling like ballet moves and stuff dancing around in this video and i was just thinking okay is this gonna have the same effect that it had on billy squire when he did rock me tonight (laughs) now that this guy is like doing ballerina moves and stuff it kind of it kind of lends discredits the rock and roll side of ghost doesn't it a little bit yeah so so the name he's using on this album is cardinal copia (laughs) And he says rats is about something like spreading as wildfire and completely destroying things quicker than, you know, like black death. But then when you watch the video, (laughs) he's completely in this silly state, you know, he's doing these silly stage moves, but then they change the costumes. So I'm like, wait a second, is that ghost? (laughs) It looks like the nameless ghouls are still the same, but he's completely different. different. Yeah. I just started laughing. I'll tell you what is really good. And I'm going to give this plug to this podcast. And, and to be honest, I haven't heard anything else, but I want to check them out because they're going to be joining us at Rockin' Pod 2. Discography discussions. That That's a difficult word for me because, you know, I'm a little bit slow. But anyway. Just call them Double D. That's double D. Do. I like it. So yeah. Double D, discography discussion. And no, I haven't been drinking. Somebody said that sometimes I slur words and I've been drinking. No, I have not been drinking. Piss off. But anyway. So Double D did a ghost discussion and it made me laugh my ass off. So if you guys are listening to this podcast, cheers to you guys because that shit made me laugh hard. And I'm going to check out some more of the episodes because I'm sort of, if it, if they're anything like that episode, I'm going to enjoy these guys discussions on albums and stuff because uh, it was very very humorous but go check that out and go check out the new ghost song and video because you'll think like we did uh, what's up with the dude doing ballerina dances i have no clue uh, it's definitely it is a great song yeah i like the song right the song rocks scares the hell out of me when i saw the other titles that the rest of the song suck yeah uh, maybe so <laughs> Maybe so, but I'm going to play a song now. So this is a new band that I discovered and we'll talk a little bit about them afterwards, but here's a song. Check it out. Let us know what you think.
was a band called Hell's Addiction and they are a new band that popped up in my iTunes feed so check this band out I'll tell you what their bio says right at the beginning it says Hell's Addiction or a five piece balls out hard rock band from Leicester UK described as the bastard child of an illicit three way between Skid Row Early Guns and Roses and ACDC hello <laughs> anybody that sounds like that dude i'm gonna dig right am i right yeah yeah i, I the, the skid row thing came out immediately it's very slave to the grind yeah man not the song but that album right yeah yeah yeah, yeah man this this was a song called what you gonna do and they have a few records out so you can go and you can check it this record was released last year they're about to release a new record because they just put out a new single called and i can't remember what the name of it is but go check out hell's addiction because i am digging everything that i've listened to off of those records so far and i didn't know anything about them Uh, i'd never even heard of them as a matter of fact so Definitely, definitely a killer band, and hopefully dug that song. Cool shit. What else going on there, Sonny? Oh, Rocket Pod. There's an announcement, right? There is an announcement. In fact, listen to this real quick. It's that time again. The second annual Rockin' Pod Expo is taking place on August 25th at the Nashville Palace in Nashville, Tennessee. Rockin' Pod is a day-long expo bringing together over 20 different podcasts from all over North America, recording content throughout the day. We will also be conducting interviews with some of the musicians and industry folks that will be in attendance. There will be various artists and record producer appearances, some taking pictures and signing autographs, informative artist and podcaster discussion panels, 
and you'll be able to buy some cool stuff from the record and memorabilia vendors. We believe in podcasting platform and we believe that rock and roll is alive and well. We created the Growing Up Rock podcast because we love talking music and we want to share that love of music with people all around the world. The Rock and Pod is a celebration of podcast and music fans from all around the world. The Grown Up Rock Podcast is proud to be one of the many participating podcasts in this year's expo. We will be offering up many different perks for those interested in donating to help fund the expo. If you like podcasts and you want to help contribute to this amazing gathering, please go to Nashville Rock, the letter N, podexpo.com for information, then click on the GoFundMe link and make a donation in the Growing Up Rock name. Or just go to our Facebook page at Growing Up Rock and click on the post pinned to the top of the page for Rock and Pod perks. Make sure you donate in the name of the Growing Up Rock podcast. Later! All right, so you guys are going to want to get in on this. Rock and Pod 2, we've been talking about it for a while. We really would appreciate any donations that you guys can muster up, whether that's five or ten bucks. We've got a ton of perks out there, just like the thing said. So go to the pages that we described and you know, go to our show notes if you need the link. But go donate because the big announcement coming for Rock and Pod 2 is that we have secured none other than the Ankh Warrior himself, Vinny Vincent, will be appearing at the Rock and Pod 2 Expo. What do you think about that shit, buddy? That is crazy. So when Chris announced it, I was, you have got to be kidding me because for us to have our second Rock and Pod, and I know Chris and BJ worked so hard on the first one and to land a whale basically uh like vinnie vincent on that day in nashville that's huge listen there's a lot of people chris and bj came up with this whole concept last year it was a great concept it went really well for the first year and a lot of people have spent time and effort working on this thing all the various podcasts that are appearing Myself, the podcast Rock City guys, Digital Kill the Radio Star, Potter in Hell, Decibel Geeks, all these different podcasts that probably a lot of the people that listen to this podcast also listen to those podcasts. And a lot of people have spent time and effort trying to put this expo on because it's a platform we believe in. We believe in podcasting, we believe in rock and roll podcasting. And so, you know, we gone after something that we believe in and to have Vinnie Vincent appearing pretty much the entire day at our little expo. I mean, how freaking cool is that? Yeah, it's amazing. And uh, from what I hear, you know, I'm, I'm sure there'll be announcements made closer, but uh, there's packages you can probably buy. There's he's going to sign autographs. He's taking pictures and it's a pretty intimate area that we're going to be in, and it's an intimate venue. Yeah. Uh, so for those who have not got a chance 
to see Vinny come out of hiding, this may be the way to do it. Yeah. So, so I mean, I'll make it really simple and really quick for folks because I don't want to spend ages because you're going to hear more about it. But really simple and easy is we're at a 500-person venue, essentially, in Nashville, Tennessee in late August. Vinnie Vincent's going to be there. But besides Vinnie Vincent being there, you're going to have over 20, 25 different rock and roll podcasts, including Growing Up Rock podcast. We're going to be there. We're going to be recording content. We're going to be conducting interviews because there's going to be a ton of special guests. They've already announced Brian Head Welch from Corn. They've already announced Sandy Gennaro from Joan Jett's band. They've already announced Paul Taylor, the original keyboard player and winger, and also recently with Tom Kiefer. They've already announced Christopher Williams, the current drummer, and except. And it just keeps coming. They're just going to keep announcing people. And as it gets even closer, they announce more people because people's schedules free up. So if you can manage to make it to Nashville for Rockin' Pod 2 at the end of August, on August 25th, uh, and there'll be a pre-concert the night before, I suggest you do it. And even if you can't, take part in donations because it gets you exclusive podcast content that nobody else is going to hear unless you donate. It gets you opportunity to help out something that's really cool. And it gets you all kinds of perks that you can purchase along the way. So go do it. It's a good thing. Done. That's all I'm going to say about that. Let's go into playing a little bit more rock and roll. What you got for us, Sonny? All right. So we're going to play a classic This album was number 38 on the charts in 1981. Check this out.
Yeah, that's a classic. That's a classic off of one of my favorite records. A little bit of high and dry. Def Leppard. That's one you don't hear every day. Yeah, I know. And Steve Clark did that solo. Remember, at this point, Phil Collins isn't in the band, right? So I thought it was actually a heavier record. And Phil Collins is probably more of the technical player, right, versus Steve Clark's more feel play. But Willis did a lot of the solos on this album. Did Steve Clark do the solo on this or Pete Willis? Yeah. Eh. No, Steve Clark does. Eh, Okay. Yeah. So it's hard to tell because Pete and Steve play very similar. Yep. So it's kind of hard to tell who's who, but it's definitely not Phil. That's for sure. And the album just rocks. Yeah. I don't. Phil didn't come in until I think there were probably, I guess they hadn't started recording Pyromania yet. Uh, I think they kicked right. Pete out right after the end of this uh, tour for High and Dry, I think is basically when they exited Pete. But that's cool. Love that song. Love it, love it, love it. All right, so another concert that I was fortunate enough to go see this week is Billy Idol. First time I've ever seen Billy Idol. Of course, we just released that interview that we did with Steve Stevens, which, by the way, Not only is it a great episode and it's a cool interview, but Steve Stevens, that dude is bad ass on guitar. Yeah. Did they let him uh, play a little bit uh, more live? You know, he's pretty restrained when it comes to on on album. Dude, completely, completely. Let me tell you. So they first of all, they sounded great. I mean, they sounded really, really good. Billy Idol. As old as he is, man, he still sounded really, really good. And they came out and they opened up with this tune that I'm going to play here in a few minutes. But they opened up with this song and they just rocked. I mean, they played a couple of songs that I was sort of surprised to hear him play, some more recent stuff. And so I was a little bit surprised. They The other big thing was they didn't play Flesh for Fantasy, which I thought was interesting. But, you know, they played all the other hits. And Billy basically, in concert, Billy basically makes it a partnership with him and Steve. He calls Steve out so many times. You can tell that he is super, super, super grateful to Steve Stevens. Uh, without a doubt. I mean, he spotlights Steve almost every other song and Steve, you know, Steve got the opportunity to not only do a solo, but Steve also got the opportunity to do an extended solo, which was the intro to blue highway, which is, if you listen to the interview, he and I talk about that a little bit. They strike me as having a really, really good relationship. I mean, they're both, you know, older guys. Steve is in his late fifties and I don't even know how old Billy is. Billy's, Billy's got to be over 60, right? Yeah, I would say probably mid-60s, you would think. Yeah. So, And then after the concert, I got to go backstage and kind of <laughs> – so I got, I got to meet them for all about – I laughed because I got to meet them for all about 2.3 seconds. So they left us passes and tickets at the door, which was great. So we went to the show and it was in a really good venue. We went to the show and it was packed. It was close to sold out 3000 people and they were big Billy Idol fans. 
And so after the show, we went backstage and we kind of did this little meet and greet, right? And if you've ever done the meet and greets, which I know, Sonny, you have, where it's kind of you wait in a line, you pedal through the line, they're waiting in a room, you go in the room, you do a quick fist bump, take a picture, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. And so that's essentially what it was. They looped us all in this group with the rest of the people that paid for the VIP meet and greets and everything. And we shoveled in there and it was just Billy and Steve together. Uh, and they tell you the security guy came and got us and he's like, you know, don't take any pictures. Don't ask for any, no video, no no photo, no nothing, no autographs, nothing. They don't, you're doing nothing. This is strictly for basically taking a picture. That's, that's essentially what this is. So they followed us in there. You know, we respected that. They followed us in there and it was Steve and Billy together and my wife and, and myself. And so we, you know, I got on one side of Steve, my wife got on the other side of Billy. We took a picture and that was it. <laughs> and, and then I walked over to Steve's wife because uh, Steve's wife was in the room and I just I, I shook her hand. I introduced myself because she was the one that had kind of coordinated the interview with me and Steve. Uh, and so, you know, I just I introduced myself. I shook her hand. I told her thanks for uh, coordinating the interview and the passes and the tickets and told her I'd sent her the links to the show and all that other stuff. And it came out great. And she said, you know, she's really nice. She said, thank you so much. I'll send you your picture when we get them. And uh, so I'm waiting to get our picture with Billy Idol and Steve Stevens, which I'm positive that I look 100% probably stupid because I always look <laughs> stupid in pictures, but whatever. <laughs> oh that's hilarious so but it was cool but they opened up with this song and this is a song called shock to the system
Yeah, this song, uh, it kind of came out and fizzled almost right away. I thought it was a good song. I mean, for the year that he put it out, it looked great, sounded great. Uh, the video was cool. I don't. The song didn't last too long. No, nah, it didn't. No, I think it's changing times and music and everything. But yeah, I like this song. This song rocks, and it sounded great live. I dug it. And they had a great band. You know, they had two guitar players, Steve, and then another guitar player. And they had a keyboard player that also plays guitar. And they had, you know, a bass player and a drummer and just a really good, solid band. Steve said they'd been together for a while, I guess, when, when we did that interview. He said that the the youngest guy was like the drummer that had already been in the band seven years. But uh, so good, solid band, good, solid rock and roll show. I mean, for sure a good rock and roll show yeah i've never had the pleasure of seeing billy idol so i definitely want to do that someday yeah it was a good show you wanted the best and you got the best the hottest band in the world kiss it's time for your historic moment on growing up rock all right, so historic moment. So I wanted to do something a little different. You know, I was on a, uh, I was talking to a couple of friends a couple of days ago, and one of the things that came up was why I was made for loving you was the opener on Dynasty. That it could have been charisma, it could have been literally anything else. Why did it have to be the disco song? Everybody labels it the disco song. It would have sounded so much better if it was heavier. Well, we got a heavier version for you today. So check this out. Hey, Bruce, why don't you give him some? Sure, Wigwam. Let's rock and roll.
dude, I love it. I like that song to begin with, but this version of this song kicks ass. Tell us about this song a little bit. Yeah, so, well, you know, and I think both of us would uh, probably agree that when people try to cover Kiss songs and do Paul songs, man, you better be dead on because Paul's just got kind of this unique thing that it's his song for a reason, and he does it in a way nobody else can copy. So this band is called Wigwam, W-I-G-W-A-M. They were together for 13 years between 2001 and 2014, and they're a Norwegian glam metal band. The four members were called Glam, Teeny, Flash, and Sporty. So I think they were like the Spice Girls kind of thing. But this song is off of a tribute album called Gods of Thunder, a Norwegian tribute. And they do a bunch of different songs by a bunch of different artists that are Norwegian, but they're metal bands. So there's a lot of good tunes on that record. So if you want to check it out, uh, check it out. But uh, uh, yeah, I love that version. Yeah, for sure. I really dug that thing. And the guitarist is Bruce Kulik. There you go. Yeah, it sounds yeah. great. And I've heard a lot about that band, Wigwam. I've, I've heard a couple different tunes. I'd like to check out more of their catalog because I think it is probably a band that I might like a little bit of stuff from. So this has been a different episode for us. Uh, I hope people have enjoyed this. I think it's been kind of fun just to shoot the shit, essentially. We've just been sort of shooting the shit, and I've enjoyed it. Yeah, a little bit different for us. Usually we have some sort of... Uh thing we're shooting after but you know if we're gonna do 200 episodes someday uh, you're gonna have to try some different things that's for sure yeah i mean we've got tons of themes in the in the can tons of things we want to talk about and lately i mean shoot we've been having lots of guests and lots of uh interviews go on and that's cool because we always want to mix in guests with the themes and stuff like that and so it's been good Well, so um, as always, you guys can really help out the podcast by going to our Amazon link and doing your shopping at our Amazon link. It doesn't cost you a penny more. Takes you straight to the Amazon site where you can do your shopping as normal and we get a little bit of a kickback that helps us pay to put on this podcast and get it in you guys' ears each and every week. Uh, And from the feedback we've been getting, people out there are enjoying it, and we certainly are enjoying doing it. So we're going to keep it up, and hopefully you guys will see it in your hearts to do a little bit of shopping at Amazon, which we know you already do, and go do that shopping through our Amazon link at the bottom of every one of our show notes or on our website at growinguprock.com which there's other cool stuff out there. Sonny, you want to shuffle, rattle, and roll us? You want me to? I can shuffle, rattle, and roll us. I'll shuffle, rattle, and roll today. All right, go ahead. All right, so it's been a great episode. Yep. And we will catch you later. See you guys. Get ready to shuffle, rattle, and roll. Play us out, boys.
Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.